Are you ready to talk sports with one of the leading sports journalists of today? Welcome to All Around Sports with John Inglesby. John's years of experience as a journalist has allowed him to net exclusive interviews with top players, former players, commissioners, and owners. John and his guests are ready to give you the straight word when it comes to sports. Now, let's talk all around sports. Here is your host, John Inglesby. Voice America listeners, welcome to my 520th ever show of all around sports. Reach Monday at noon Eastern time. We broadcast live to go all around the world of sports for one hour to discuss what happened last week and what's ahead for this week. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-866-472-5788, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net, which comes to me through my website at www.iirsportsoneword.com. As always, I will give you my highlights, lowlights, and bizarre news items from this past week. Also, we'll be joined next segment by our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Studham, veteran multimedia personality who covers SEC football and many other sports as well. Well, my highlight of the week is yesterday's riveting RBC Canadian Open up near Toronto that ended with Canadian Nick Taylor sinking a 72-foot eagle putt on the fourth hole of a playoff in the rain against Tommy Fleetwood to win the RBC Canadian Open, becoming the first Canadian to win it since, this is unbelievable, 1954. So it was just a spectacular event to watch. Luckily, as I always do on a Sunday afternoon evening, I was watching live and the celebration was just off the charts. Canadian golfer Adam Hadwin, a name we're familiar with, uh, was tackled during the celebration by a security guard. I guess he was wearing a hoodie, and uh, they couldn't make out who he was, I'm assuming. And uh, so that added a little spice to the whole proceedings. But the crowd reaction was Ryder Cup level as far as a golf tournament. Uh, the Canadians seeing one of their own win what is their national open, as in think U.S. Open, think the Open in Britain, the British Open, uh, as far as, you know, importance. Um, and then to have it end with a 72-foot putt is just nothing short of amazing. It was tracking from the moment he struck it. And... Jim Nance, of course, knew all the right things to say, you know, uh, before, during, and after the putt, and really captured, you know, the emotion, what was going on, although it was completely 100% evident on televisions. And uh, so just really a, an utterly spectacular event. The playoffs, uh, the last couple holes, and the playoffs with uh, both – Nick Taylor and Tommy Fleetwood sinking putts. They were both hitting some, uh, let's say, not their best shots in the in the playoffs, and uh, and recovering and missing and making and just you know everything you want to see in a golf tournament as they went head to head. And you know Tommy Fleetwood, you know he's a big name. He's obviously done some great things in the Ryder Cup, and he was seeking his first ever 
win on the PGA Tour, is my understanding, which is kind of amazing in and of itself. He's a guy that you are not surprised when you see him on the leaderboard on Sunday. And, of course, his Ryder Cup uh, track record uh, is off to a very good start in his first couple of Ryder Cups. And uh, so, yeah, it was just really spectacular. I am thrilled that I got to watch it live. And, uh, you know, again, I always tune in when we get to that 5 p.m. time frame, 5 p.m. Eastern uh, on Sunday for to check in on the leaderboards, see if we're looking for an exciting ending. And the minute I tuned in, I said, this, this could be good. And it far exceeded those expectations, to say the least. Sticking with golf, my bizarre story is, of course, the PGA Tour, Live Tour, Saudi Public Investment Fund, unifying uh, in an absolutely stunning announcement, generating worldwide coverage. You know, when the news broke, uh, I was as stunned as everybody else. Uh, maybe not as much as the players who uh, apparently didn't know it was happening either. Um, nobody did. They really kept a, a lid on it. And as someone who is in the media as well as uh, public relations, uh, I have a lengthy history of keeping things confidential uh, that when they come out, uh, they might, let's just say some people were disappointed that they didn't have a heads up. And certainly that's what they did. But I also have a, what I consider a unique understanding of keeping things confidential, especially in today's day and age, uh, social media and whatnot. So uh, this may be one of the most best kept uh, secrets in recent memory. And, uh, and then, but the reaction was just off the charts. A lot of chatter about the uh, meeting between PGA Commissioner Jay Monahan with Boston Roots, like me. Um, you know, having that players-only meeting up up in Canada uh, last week, uh, the same day or the day after it was announced, um, and you know, a lot of details leaking out here and there that it was uh, quite the meeting. Uh, nobody was shy in voicing their opinion, it sounds like. And uh, I think it's safe to say a lot of players were upset. Uh, the ones that stuck with the PGA Tour, as players like Phil Mickelson, Brooks Kepka, and others uh, collected massive paychecks to go to the Live Tour, uh, while many others, Rory McIlroy, uh, Tiger Woods, stayed with the PGA Tour, bypassed apparently by all accounts, uh, potential huge paydays to come join live. And they didn't, uh, so many details, so much yet to be, uh, be brought public. Uh, who knows there's, you know, re you know, there's some information out there that the live tour is going to remain as is. And you have to wonder if that's it, then what form will it take? Uh, Live the the Saudi Public Investment Fund. Do they now own golf, so to speak, or at least the major 
uh, all the major leagues, for lack of a better word, tours would be the word in golf. Uh, it's all just, you know, fascinating. Of course, the minute I heard the news, I always tape every night the NBC evening news on series recording. And I quickly, after the announcement, went and taped both CBS and ABC. I mean, this was massive news in the A block, as we like to call it, in media, meaning the first 10 minutes or so of any broadcast, from pardon the interruption to the nightly news. Um, that's how big it was. They all covered it. They all talked about it, gave it a significant time uh, on the national news broadcasts. So you cannot overstate the gigantic news that this was. It was just massive, as they like to say, in Europe. And uh, we'll see where it goes from here. Uh, but again, so many unanswered questions, so much it appears yet to be determined. Um, so it's just going to be fascinating for a long, long time as this all unfolds. Of course, everything's staying the same, it appears, for 2023. All this is going to kick in in 2024, uh, and they're going to need every second between now and 2024. We're practically halfway through 23 uh, to get this all straightened out, shall we say. And uh, everybody is waiting breathlessly for every little detail that's going to emerge over the next, over the coming months. Well, my low light of the week are both the NBA and NHL finals standing at 3-1 with both potentially ending in game fives on the home arenas of the Nuggets and the Golden Knights. Nuggets, of course, Denver Nuggets in basketball, Las Vegas Golden Knights. They're both playing their game fives at home. That means both the trophies, Stanley Cup in Las Vegas and the Larry O'Brien NBA trophy in Denver. They will both be in the house for the game fives. Uh, I do not have a horse in either of these series. Uh, what I do want is as many games as possible, meaning I'd love to see game six, game seven in both sports. Um, cause it's been great as always. The finals have been excellent. Well, the Denver Nuggets just look nothing short of amazing, uh, with Nikola Jokic and, uh, you know, Jamal Murray just, looking unstoppable, setting records, 30-point triple-doubles, first-time-ever type of stuff uh, in the finals. So th th this is some great stuff, but I, like a lot of people, I will not count the heat out. Uh, being from Boston, I saw what they did to the Celtics when uh, there was just strong reason to believe that the Celtics would somehow pull out that series, talent and whatnot. We all know that story. Uh, but the heat... Uh, and they beat the Milwaukee Bucks along the way, uh, as well as the Knicks. So, I mean, uh, I, I have to see the stake go through the heart before I will count out not only the Miami Heat, but the other team down in Miami, the Florida Panthers. I saw what they did to my Boston Bruins, ruining their greatest ever regular season in the history of hockey, down 3-1 in games. Down 3-1 in, uh, in Game 7. Of course, both the Miami Heat and the Florida Panthers won Game 7 on the very same, in the very same arena. 
TD Bank Garden, <laughs> a place I've been to countless times. So, you know, they both went in and pulled out the impossible, um, for which they deserve all the respect. Uh, the two Miami teams beating the two Boston teams. Uh, so, great stuff, as always. Uh, tonight, we have the uh, Game 5 of the NBA Finals uh, out in Denver. So, the excitement there must just literally be off the charts. Uh, again, the Larry O'Brien trophy will be in the house. And then uh, tomorrow night, we have the Panthers at the Golden Knights. Stanley Cup will be in Las Vegas. So uh, these are two game fives that are simply appointment television. Other highlights of the weekend, French Open with uh, Nokovic uh, winning. Uh, he's now has the most majors ever in the history of tennis. 23 past Nadal, Rafael, Rafa Nadal. Uh, and he's on track. He's won the first two for the calendar Grand Slam. Hasn't been done since like 1969 when Rod Laver did it. So that's going to be appointment television. Wimbledon's next, and then the U.S. Open in early September, late August, early September. Red Sox took two out of three versus the Yankees. Uh, that rivalry still just as strong as ever. You, you know, uh, every time, he, he, I mean, it's, it's, again, for someone from Boston, it's appointment television. It was great theater, close games, good pitching by the Sox, really pulled it out. Um, so it was really, really fun just to see that that rivalry remains uh, among the best in sports. It just always seems to deliver great games, great series. I had the pleasure of being at that playoff game at Fenway Park a couple of years ago. One of the best sports events I've ever attended in my life, hands down. It was uh, basically the same thing as the 1978 Bucky Dent playoff game at Fenway. I was not there. I watched, and I said, "If there's ever another one of those, I'll be. I'm gonna. I'm gonna be there." And I was. When it finally came around, uh, <laughs> you know, a couple, many years later, many decades later, and it was worth. Uh, it was worth the wait, shall we say? Beaumont Stakes. Triple Crown is uh, of racing. The final one, the long one, the next uh, mile and a quarter, I believe. Uh, great, great race. A female trainer became the first ever female trainer to win, I believe, a uh, that cup and, uh, you know, a Triple Crown race. And so it was just terrific. Uh, you know, terrific theater. I went a few years ago when California Chrome was going for the Triple Crown uh, to the Belmont in person, drove down from Boston, and it was just fantastic, uh, to say the least. And it looked like it was equally fantastic on Saturday with perfect weather. Always helps when you have perfect weather like I had on my uh, visit to the Belmont Stakes. So uh, why don't we take our first break? And next up is our call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers SEC football and many other sports as well. So don't go anywhere. Follow 
Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. Planning for college? Tune in to Getting In, a college coach conversation for tips, techniques, and insider perspectives. Hosted by Bright Horizons College Coach, a team of former admissions and financial aid officers, the show takes a deep dive on subjects such as choosing the best essay topic, negotiating merit aid, and navigating the common app. Listeners will learn what really goes into college acceptance decisions from the experts who used to make them. New episodes drop Thursdays on the Voice America Variety Channel. Do you know that over 70% of Americans with severe disabilities are unemployed? Are you one of the 2.5 million Americans with epilepsy? If you are or know someone struggling with these issues, tune in to Disability Matters with Joyce Bender. On the show, Joyce will discuss these issues as well as others. She will have on nationally known guests that will offer helpful insight on disability matters and let you, the listener, call in with your questions and concerns. So if you struggle with a disability or know someone who does, listen to Disability Matters with Joyce Bender. Heard every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific time here on voiceamerica.com as humans we suffer when we believe we are not good enough we are taught we must be better look better try harder and achieve more we cope with the stress and disappointment of life in ways that make us feel worse and keep us stuck in a cycle of unworthiness we don't have to live this way you don't have to live this way Kirsten and her guests will share how self-acceptance and unconditional self-love can help you break this cycle and find freedom. Listen to Giraffe Tango Octopus, Freedom for Humans, with Kirsten Johansson, Wednesdays at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Variety Channel. Tune in to The Patricia Raskin Show on voiceamerica.com every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. This is the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions with the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio, Patricia Raskin. So tune in and call in to The Patricia Raskin Show, Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. listening to all around sports with your host john inglesby become a part of today's show by calling 1-866-472-5788 that's 1-866-472-5788 or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net now back to the show voice america listeners welcome back to segment two of all around sports and i am your host john inglesby to join the show, the call-in number is 1-866-472-5788, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And it's that time of the show when our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers SEC football and many other sports as well, joins us. And A.P., how are you doing today? Hey, John. How are you? So glad to be on your show. Well, thank you, as always, for joining us and... Here we are in mid-June, kind of hard to believe, uh, as the calendar rolls along. And AP, uh, what's suddenly front and center is college football scheduling. Um, the SEC is planning to come out with their schedule, and although there was already news about their schedule, eight games or nine, com- eight conference games, nine conference games, 
And the Big Ten also come out with some scheduling news as well. Uh, so I just want—I thought we'd take some time and, and talk about that, especially the SEC. I mean, they are the dominant conference, and uh, and you know, there was chatter they were going to go to nine conference games. They decided on eight, if I have it correct, and and. That's where we stand, and they're going to announce the actual schedules uh, this Wednesday, two days from now. Yeah, John, the 2024 schedule for the SEC, eight games in the league will be announced on Wednesday. I believe that's 6 o'clock Central, John. 6 o'clock Central on the SEC network. So I okay. know that in, we're in, the, in the region, in the, this part of the country where it just means more, yeah, it's important it because people plan their weddings and all events around the football games in the fall. So I try to tell people, look, if you're going to have something, try to schedule it. Let's say if it has to be during that time of the year, make it when it's and it's an away game. <laughs> right. Oh, That's absolutely. That's the best you can do. Well, as we all know and all the listeners know, um, I grew up in Pennsylvania, and I've seen weddings literally ruined AP where Penn state or even Pitt was on uh, TV. And I've been to weddings where the reception basically emptied out from the reception room uh, to the accompanying bar that would have a TV. And uh, let's say I've seen a few brides crying in my day and uh, you said it perfectly. <laughs> it means more down here. So I could absolutely See that happening down here, so you can't get these scheduled out schedules out quick enough. That's for sure. And everybody, you know, people no. down here are so into it uh, that you know they simply, uh, you know, uh, take it into account when they plan a wedding. They really do. It's that important. Yeah, and I think the smart commissioners and the coaches and the athletic directors, they understand their fans' uh, feelings about football, and so they will act accordingly if, if they're going to be uh, if, if they want a big return on their investment and their, their planning. Yes, no doubt about it. It's, uh, you know, it's exciting. So, yeah, it's going to be fun. I mean, you know, I think not just the SEC and not just down in the South. I mean, people around the country are interested, like, in so many games. Like, you want to know when and when and what time, what day and what time, if it's if it's going to be available. It, it often isn't, given television flexibility, shall we say. But you, you want to know the date for Alabama, LSU, Florida, Tennessee, uh, Georgia, any day. You, you want to know all their games these days, two-time defending national champion. And yeah, the, these are just really super important, to say the least. Um, so it's an exciting time of year because these schedules are coming out. So the, there'll be yeah, a lot of people tuning into the SEC. Go, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, yeah, they'll be tuning in, John. They sure will. And then, John, let's remember that they have all these rivalries, you know, some of them, I don't know, almost 100 years old and, and then some. So you're trying to maintain those games and try to figure out what's fair for everybody. And you're trying to rotate the game. So if you stayed three and four years, which most of the players are going to be there the four and five years, even though the SEC has the most players drafted each season, um, 
you know, it's in the usually in the sixty range, I think, something like that. But you're going to try to play everybody home and home during your time, and it gets tougher because Texas and Oklahoma will come on board, and that'll be 16 teams in the league. So that's 15 other teams. You're trying to make the rounds in that four four year span. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So that announcement will be this Wednesday at 6 p.m. on the SEC Network. Is that correct? I think it's 6 p.m. Central. I believe so. Yes. Okay. All right. And AP, and very in related news, as they say, um, the Big Ten this past week did release their schedules to a degree, and you, you know uh, they announced them hard to believe. AP for like. 2023 through 2025, you know, I can sit here right now and look and see and, uh, you know, just giving you an example in, in, in 2024, you know, and I'll stick with Penn State, you know, Penn State is, let me see, at Ohio State on September 28th, as it, or no, October 12th. Ohio State is at Penn State. So just as like, uh, you know, 2024 or whatever, if I'm reading it correctly, it's very kind of confusing and small type. But anyway, just a sampling that they put it out there and, and they talked, you know, they've added a bit of a twist with, you know, what they, the term they used was like flex type scheduling and while, keep, while preserving rivalries. Uh, which go back so far in the Big Ten and many other conferences, but maybe further in the Big Ten yeah. than maybe almost any conference. Uh, yeah. So just fascinating uh, type of stuff I uh, that's going to deserve some serious review in, in the coming days, uh, just getting it all straight and just looking at 2023. I mean, that's, that's the immediate uh, right. season ahead. Yeah, John, your best hope is that you can resolve any issues with 90-plus percent of the teams or the games, and and your fans will um, uh, adjust down the road. I mean, you can't have the perfection probably. Somebody's always going to be out of sorts because a certain game is not played or uh, maybe a certain rivalry has a – you know, you miss it that year or something. I don't know. Uh, but I'm sure the commissioners and the schedulers, they try to do their very best as you said, to pre- preserve these rivalries, which are, which are decades old, and also to give the student-athletes a chance to visit all the campuses within a four-year span. Correct. Correct. Um, AP, it's going to be so much fun. Um you know, as it always is, as it always is. Um, and yeah, just seeing these schedules being announced just makes it seem all the more real. Um, you of course are based down in Alabama. I can't help but ask what are the prospects or, you know, for Alabama and also Auburn as we head into this year, they both, uh, you, you know, it's like every most every SEC team is just like a national team, and everybody around the country is interested. Starting with Alabama. Yeah, I mean uh, this year's Alabama schedule. You know, Texas comes to town. It just so happens that they're joining the league the next season, so they were able to play that home in a way. Whereas Georgia, I think 
um, they had a game with Oklahoma, but they took that off the schedule because I guess they weren't going to be able to have the home and away uh, like Alabama and Texas did these past two seasons. But the schedule moving forward, you can imagine, um, I don't know if this will ever happen, but what if Alabama, let's say, plays Oklahoma and Texas in the same year? I don't I don't think that's going to happen. But, and you, for instance, Sean, Georgia, in the last 11 years, I don't think they ever visited Texas A&M. Wow. Really? Okay. That's interesting. No. Yeah. Who knew, right? Uh, yeah. 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 Fascinating. AP, hard to believe we've come to the end of our segment, but with that teaser about Georgia uh, not visiting Texas A&M, that we can recall, um, is a perfect teaser into the next segment where we will continue discussing the college football schedules, which are suddenly a topic both in the Big Ten as well as the SEC coming up and others as well. I'm getting the American Athletic Conference schedule too. Um, which was done recently, but why don't we take our break now and we'll dive a little deeper into some college football schedules after the break. So don't go anywhere. Voice America is on your favorite smart speaker. If you have Alexa or Google home, go ahead and give us a try. Hey, Alexa, play finding your frequency podcast on TuneIn. Today, our 40s sit firmly in midlife. We are starting to feel our place and have many productive years ahead. But now is the best time to plan for our future life. Listen for 45 Forward with host Ron Roel. From retirement to health and technology to caring for our parents, no topic is off the table. We don't have a roadmap to our actual future, but we can start to plan more effectively. Tune into 45 Forward, Mondays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Psych Up Live with host Dr. Suzanne Phillips offers a psychological perspective on coping with common and current life issues. This show addresses topics as varied as marital stress, insomnia, depression, raising teens, campus violence, and building self-resilience. Listen in as Dr. Phillips and her guest experts share the latest in books, findings, and information that will inform and enhance your life journey. Psych Up Live is heard every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Giant Spring Bear and Big Old Bearded Toms plus Capable Calibers, custom ammunition, and a June fishing report is what's on tap for this week's Revolution with Jim and Trav. We're joined by Steve West from Steve's Outdoor Adventures, Adriana Armstrong of Grace Camel and Lace, and Mitch Petrie of Outdoor Sportsman Group. The Revolution is presented by Outdoor Channel, Sportsman Channel, World Fishing Network, and My Outdoor TV. Saturdays at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern on the Voice America Variety Channel. Tune in every Friday to get your weekend kickoff early. Join the legendary G. Keith Alexander for What's Hot Harlem America. The flagship show of the new Harlem America Digital Network has something for everyone. From the latest in entertainment to empowerment, health and wellness, and more, we'll bring you a variety of fresh viewpoints, voices, and ideas. What's Hot Harlem America with G. Keith Alexander can be heard every Friday at 1 p.m. in New York and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. You 
are listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment three of All Around Sports. And I am your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-866-472-5788. Or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Studham, veteran multimedia personality who covers SEC football and many other sports as well. And A.P., last segment we were discussing, no surprise, SEC football, specifically schedules. And... Uh, you threw out a little teaser at the end that, as an example of scheduling, that Georgia, two-time defending national champion, has never played at Texas A&M. Is that right? Yeah, I don't think in 11 years that's the case, John. That's, I mean, you had the COVID years, then you had some years where they changed the schedule, and so it all worked out where they hadn't visited Texas A&M. Okay. Wow. That's, uh, yeah, uh, you do have these scheduling glitches, so to speak. Um, so do we have reason to believe that, you know, for instance, Georgia might visit Texas A&M at some point? Oh, yeah, they should, they should be visiting everybody, hopefully, right. um, totally. when they make the schedule beyond 2024. Right. Absolutely. And just as an example, AP, I mean, Alabama and Texas A&M have had really memorable games, to put it mildly. We all remember the Johnny Manziel game, for sure. That was down in Alabama. But they've had a couple good ones uh, out in College Station, Texas, as well. Yeah, so, uh, you know, I'm looking forward, John, to where you're playing teams uh, um, more on a regular basis and you don't have these six and seven year swings. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's how it has to work out. I'm guessing the sec is, uh, is working on it with the new additions of, of course, Texas and Oklahoma. At the same time, the big 10 is adding uh, USC and UCLA so, you know, these are legendary schools joining legendary conferences. So to say the college football landscape is changing dramatically uh, would be an understatement, um, obviously. And uh, so, you know, that's why the this scheduling situation is of such great interest, even though it's not going to affect this coming year, I don't believe, in any way. When is When are Texas and Oklahoma joining? Is that... Is that 25, I'm yeah, guessing? Yeah, next year, John. Next, 24. Next year. 2024. Yeah. Okay. Right, right. So that's why people are really uh, enthusiastically anticipating June 14th, 6 p.m., for the announcement of the 2024 season. Right. That would be this Wednesday, as in two days from now. Uh, so, AP, I mean, it begs the question, you know, uh, and I'm glad it's a package deal, so to speak, Texas and Oklahoma joining. I, I I have to assume that the legendary Red River shootout between Texas and Oklahoma, which is every October, 
uh, at the Texas State Fairgrounds near beside Dallas, uh, that that game will remain intact in every way, its date, its location, all of it. Because one of the cool things about it is uh, begins typically at 11 a.m. out there. It's drawing the Texas State Fair, which in and of itself draws 100,000 people on a daily basis, is my understanding. It runs for like a month. And uh, and then you factor in everybody showing up by 11 a.m. on a Saturday morning for the epic, legendary Texas-Oklahoma Red River shootout. So I would think that would be preserved. I don't know. Have you ever heard anything about that? Yeah, one yeah, John, that'll... Yeah, that that should be preserved, that game. You wouldn't want to touch that because that's a big moneymaker for everybody. For everybody, exactly. I mean, the, you know, I can't overstate, and we for know, instance. And we, yeah, no, we not, we, and we know that's a huge variable in the equation, right? Huge. Yes, uh, and I'll say it because, <laughs> you know, this is a classic in, example. In some of the right? equations, it's the only one. <laughs> Correct. Money, yeah. The answer to all your questions is money. <laughs> <laughs> As Don Olmeyer <laughs> once said, and Tony Kornheiser from Pardon the Interruption often quotes. Um, yeah, I mean, just very often third parties are involved. And in my mind, in this instance, the Texas State Fair would be a third party with massive interest. The Cotton Bowl, I assume or believe, is on their property. And you, I can only imagine how much money made must be made that Saturday morning and evening after the game. Uh, I mean, the game's over by 2, 3, 2, 3 p.m. typically. Texas time and everybody's spilling yeah. out of the stadium and yeah. hanging out at the fair. Big money. Yeah, John, that, that's that's interesting in and of itself because in the last, I don't know how many years it's got to be, I'm thinking maybe a decade or so, that game's been played early. It's because it's been on Fox, the 11 o'clock Central game. Exactly, which which we all love. And the reason we're focusing on this game is very simple. It's on both yours and my bucket list. Neither of us have ever attended yes. this particular game. It's absolute right. appointment television. I always DVR it, whether I'm watching it live or whether I'm not, and I need to come back and watch it on tape. Uh, it's just one of the highlights of every college football season, no different than USC, UCLA moving to the Big Ten now. And, you know, you know, you have to assume that game needs to be preserved. I mean, geez, just the venues. The fact we can count on every year we're going to see a game from the Coliseum when it's USC's home game and the Rose Bowl when it's UCLA's. I mean, it doesn't get any better than that. And it used to be no, the Coliseum, no matter what, both teams played their home games there. So, yeah. Yes, both teams. Right, both teams played in the Coliseum, LA Memorial Coliseum. Exactly. Right. But um, but but it's still pretty nice, the Rose Bowl or the Coliseum, two famous venues. Absolutely. Oh no, I, I don't. I don't think anybody's complaining about uh, the fact they're they switch years at those two particular venues, especially the Rose Bowl. I've had the pleasure to attend a Rose Bowl, uh, 1985 Penn State. And uh, 95, excuse me, Penn State, Oregon. Um, and I believe you've been to the Rose Bowl for games too, correct? Yes, I've been to both both venues for games. Yeah, uh, I've been to the Coliseum AP, but never for a game. I just was in L.A., and this is what I often do. I get, like go visit various sports venues and 
I went to the Coliseum in AP and actually met someone who was working there. Like she was just literally like a marketing person who was just literally walking down one of the aisles and, and she took me around. It was great. Uh, you know, and showed me all there was to see in an empty Coliseum. It was fabulous. And yeah, but there's nothing like the Rose Bowl period in my mind. No, yeah, that, yeah, the mountains, uh, um, the San Gabriel mountains in the background. And yeah, my whole drive life. down the hill as you approach the stadium. Yeah. Beautiful. Oh, it's just beautiful. And it's sort of like half of it's above ground and half of it's not. I always remember entering that day and like I come out of the tunnel and maybe not half, but I looked up and there were seats below me and seats above me, um, which was yeah. really super yeah. cool. Uh, super cool. Yeah, John, you know, thinking about it right now, it reminds me of the Yale Bowl. Yeah, there you go. I've been to the Yale Bowl. Absolutely. Doesn't it? Very that much so. Mind that's, a, the Yale Bowl. Yeah. that's great. That's great. Um, and AP my entire life, you know, watching from the East Coast on what was typically frigid, snowy New Year's days, certainly cold. That was a guarantee. <laughs> um, you know, the, the beauty of the Rose Bowl has always been to me. Uh, that you, you know, it starts in the daylight and it moves into the night. So you see the sunset over the San Gabriel mountains as the light changes uh, in California, as only the light in California can change. Nowhere else is it quite like that. And that to me, I just, my whole life, I sat there and watched this every year, no matter who was playing, uh, you know, 5 PM Eastern, you know, from the East coast somewhere, Boston, Pennsylvania, whatever. And I just said every year I'm going, you know, someday I will go to a Rose Bowl. And I did. And I'm sure it's the same for you. Yes. Yeah. Growing up, you see all these magnificent venues on television in the pageantry of the New Year's Day Bowls and the regular season warm, rivalries and the on and warm weather, by the way. And yeah, war, yeah, it was always sunny, warm weather. Yep. Everybody looked exactly. like they're having a great time. The, exactly. the bands were playing, cheerleaders, the, the dance teams, they're running out with the, with the mascots. And, you know, it's great. Totally great. Just fabulous every year. And, uh, and you know, you know, the game typically delivered. I think that was the beginning since I, like I said, watched it my whole life for as long as I can remember. And that was an annual occurrence. You'd watch that game, and I think everybody – pretty much east of the Mississippi and north of the Mason-Dixon line would say, what am I doing living here? <laughs> you know, <laughs> as, you, as you're looking at California sunsets and perfect weather, which is, it's always perfect weather. And oh, by the way, not to mention the parade. The parade is fabulous oh, as well. Oh, yeah. Parade. Yeah, it's, it's I, a day like no other. I, I've been to the parade, John. I've been to the I've parade. To the parade. Was, I loved it. Been to the parade, too. I got up at like 4 a.m. in downtown my downtown LA hotel and went to the parade in total darkness and, uh, watched them make the floats because it begins at, I believe 8 AM California time. That's correct. Yeah. And that's correct. 8 AM Pacific time. That's 11 o'clock on the East coast. Exactly right. In Pasadena, uh, the, the parade is the equal of the game. 
um, to say the least. That's the way I look at it. They're they're both so spectacular, uh, and it is just again a day like no other. And when I was there for Penn State, I went to a cookout between the parade at the and the beginning of the game, and there was like twenty five uh, Jackie Robinson Field. I always remember that. Uh, and there was like 25,000 Penn State fans there. It was a Penn State cookout. So I won't forget that either. So fun in between the two as well. So it's just about the perfect day for a sports fan. It really is. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was. I, I remember that first Rose Bowl parade in the first game. Oh, yeah. And it was a little chilly in the morning. And that sun comes up. I was right where they made the curve onto Colorado Boulevard, so the sun came up, shining right on my face. It warmed me up that day. Yes, it's cold. Boy, I'll never forget how cold I was at 4 or 5 a.m. in Los Angeles. Never forget that. And I was also uh, near that same intersection where they make the turn, and, uh, yep, warms up quickly, and it's great. Um, and I even ordered AP the picture, which was offered to all ticket holders, an aerial view of that actual game, Penn State, Oregon. So half the stadium is blue, half the stadium is green. And I've got a beautiful frame picture to remember that memory prominently uh, viewed and, and placed. So nothing like it. Uh, well, AP, we've come to the end of this segment. Again, uh, always happens so quickly. So why don't we take our final break? Still a lot more to get to on the other side. Birdie told me Voice America is on Twitter. Follow us at Voice America TRN. Millions of people do not have children. Around the world, becoming a parent may be an unrealized dream and increasingly a deliberate choice. Yet our experiences remain largely unacknowledged across cultures, families, and friendships. Unconscious bias in public and workplace policy, media narratives, and educational content often renders us invisible. New Legacy Radio reveals these missing stories through the perspectives of our community and allies as we work to achieve meaningful change that recognizes our true and diverse experiences. New Legacy Radio, Tuesdays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. All who live face a time of passing. Is death the end or will souls enter an afterlife? Have you ever wondered about historical figures and what they would say if they were alive today? Psychics and authors Barry and Connie Strom will use their gift of spirit communication to answer questions and channel spirits concerning the hereafter. Tune in to Spirit Speak, exploring the afterlife with Barry and Connie Strom at 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Planning for college? Tune in to Getting In, a college coach conversation for tips, techniques, and insider perspectives. Hosted by Bright Horizons College Coach, a team of former admissions and financial aid officers, the show takes a deep dive on subjects such as choosing the best essay topic, negotiating merit aid, and navigating the common app. Listeners will learn what really goes into college acceptance decisions from the experts who used to make them. New episodes drop Thursdays on the Voice America Variety Channel. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. 
are listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now back to the show. We're America listeners. Welcome back to the fourth and final segment of All Around Sports. I am your host, John Inglesby. Back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers SEC football and many other sports as well. And before we get started, my pick of the week for appointment viewing is tonight's Miami Heat at the Denver Nuggets at 8.30 Eastern Time on ABC. A.P., uh... Should be a good game. Uh, it's a potential closeout game. The Larry O'Brien Trophy will be in the house in Denver, and they've never won the NBA championship. And what Nikola Jokic and Jamal Murray are doing is off the charts. Uh, last week they set a record. I don't believe anybody had ever done it, and they both did it in the same game, which was a 30-point triple-double. <laughs> So they're, they're a two-man tandem like like perhaps we've never seen. If they win the championship tonight, they're, they're instantly, in my mind, in the conversation. Um, and we've had some pretty good two, two-man tandems in the NBA over the years, I'd say. Um, but AP, yeah. uh, it should be interesting, huh? Yeah, Denver, I mean, my goodness, we can remember them being in the ABA and holding the dunk contest with Julia Serving, taking off mm-hmm. from the free throw line, David Thompson. And so to have this NBA championship for the very first time in, uh, in the mountains there of Denver, yep, it's, it's spectacular because they, we know they have tremendous fans, loyal. Yes, Fabulous fans, and they're they're hungry. They're really hungry for this championship. They, they, clearly, they want it brought home tonight. I said in the first segment, I will not count out the Heat. Uh, not after what I saw them do, and you know, both beating the Milwaukee Bucks to get rolling in the playoffs, but more importantly, the Celtics, uh, culminating with them winning Game Seven in the Garden in dominant fashion. So I will not count out the Heat. I have to see the stake go through the heart. Period. No. And no. Uh, yeah. Go ahead, John. John, you know what's kind of interesting about the NBA? Think of the cities that have won. Maybe let's say thirty years ago, you're never thinking about Golden State. I mean, they had that run with Rick Barry in '75, but you're not thinking about Golden State. Miami just came onto the scene. What the last thirty years? Cleveland. Uh, now Denver, Milwaukee. Milwaukee hadn't been in the championship right since the 70s i guess right right and i went to see one of those games when they beat the get this baltimore bullets <laughs> and earl monroe uh in okay. like 1970 i drove down to baltimore from pennsylvania and attended the game it was awesome uh, to say the least yeah. and uh so yeah that was oscar robertson and lou alcinder speaking of fabulous tandems um to yes. you know so it is AP. You, you make a very good point as to the various cities that win these uh, Denver rich history. I mean, Dikembe Mutombo, you know, legendary out in Denver. Um, Dan Nessel, David Thompson, and Alex English. Yeah. 
there you go. I mean, they've had some players, some serious good players. Um, but, you know, Jamal Murray, I believe he may have gone to Kentucky. Um, are you, uh, do you know that one way or the other, AP? No, they, no I, feel like I don't know that, John. I, yeah, that, sound, that sounds right, though. Yeah, yeah. Well, a lot of great players come out of Kentucky, such as Tyler Hero and others. It'd be interesting to see if Tyler Hero is going to play tonight. He's had a broken hand throughout most of the playoffs. Um, so, yeah, it's, uh, again, it, it's kind of, it's exciting that both Miami-based teams, the Heat and the Panthers, are in the NHL and NBA Finals. But right now they're both down 3-1. And I'm sure the fans of yep, South maybe, Florida yeah. are very concerned. You, you know, when they're, when they're both in AP, you can't help but think they both had magical runs that one of them is going to bring home the championship. Obviously, they're hoping for both. But right now, their backs are up against the wall, AP. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Jamal Murray, Kentucky, one year. Okay, there you go. Interesting how Kentucky— From Canada, from Canada. From Canada, absolutely, and he's very proud of it. Yeah, it, it's fascinating to me because, uh, you, you know, they're not household names because they're only at Kentucky for a year, but they are at Kentucky. And John Calipari, he gets them in the NBA. That's his claim to fame, in my mind. He prepares them for the NBA, and you end up with players like Jamal Murray lighting it up. Yeah, that's. I mean, it's, yeah, it's hard to keep track of them when they're there one year. You you remember the name, thinking, well, I think it was at Kentucky. When you right. when you said that to me, I said, yeah, I believe he was. I just wanted to verify. Yeah, no, that's uh, me too. Thank you for doing that. It's exactly, you know, what the, you know, the point I'm making that you know these guys kind of quote pass through Kentucky. John Calipari's on record as saying another good example, Rajon Rondo, for instance. I'm not sure how long he was there, but he's yet another one. Um, and the list goes on and on. And Calipari says that's what, that's his job. That's what he's there for, to prepare them to go to the NBA. And he does one heck of a job because guys go there for a year and end up being superstars in the NBA. And Jamal Murray is Exhibit A, shall we say? Right. Exactly. Yeah, the Kentucky. Uh, but they're trying to do some things in the tournament now. They just having such uh, a disastrous. Uh, Postseason, correct. In in the last few years, so they have some issues there, John. No, no doubt about it. It's tough to put everybody together, you know, on a yearly basis. In effect, have sort of a new team each year is what it feels like to me. Uh, but AP, uh, great show today. We've quickly arrived to the end of the show. I want to thank you as always for calling in. Great perspective and uh, fun time in the sports world, and uh, and you know, good to be able to cover all the topics that we did. So, thank you again. Hey, John, my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome, AP. And as always, thank you all for listening to All Around Sports, and we look forward to doing it all again next Monday at noon Eastern time. Thanks again for tuning into All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Be sure to tune in again next Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a terrific weekend, and we'll talk sports again next week.